Locked On Podcast Network presents Locked On Sports Today. The Golden State Warriors have had a tough go of it in their title defense. The Milwaukee Bucks are enjoying a nice winning streak, but can they beat the Celtics in a seven-game series? And once we get into the late first round of this NFL draft, it's all about pass catching and pass coverage. I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the can't-miss stories and biggest debates in sports. You're locked on sports today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. The Golden State Warriors won the NBA title last year. This year, they're 29 and 29 coming out of the All-Star break. They have about as thin a point differential as you can imagine. They average 118.6 points per game. Their opponents average 118.5 points per game. And that is Steph Curry is going to miss some more time here. We're not sure how much more Andrew Wiggins has been in and out of the lineup. Mm. The pool party, it's been a little shady, maybe rainy on the pool party this season, not been doing great. And yet everyone you talk to says, yeah, when the Warriors are healthy, they're title contenders. <laughs> Cyrus Satsas from Locked On Warriors is the laugh that you're hearing if you're listening to us, not watching us on YouTube. And, and Cyrus, I, I want to put it to you. Why are they title contenders? What is the evidence that they are given the way that they played this season? Uh, there's there's no like actual measurable evidence that supports it. Um, I think what's going on is a lot of people are just p- really playing it cautious. Like they they got all those same like I, what like 98, 99% of, of of people in the media they probably predicted the Warriors not to win the title last year. Right. Um, doubting them. So I think now it's just like an overcorrect from that, you know, and and I think people are very aware of the fact that the Warriors still do have that core. And I think it's very much in the realm of possibility that a lot of this season's malaise has to do with apathy. It's just um, they don't care. They're kind of sleepwalking to the regular season. Steve Kerr just two days ago, a few days ago in an interview, uh, said confidently like he still thinks this team is primed uh, for a, a repeat run for a world championship that, you know, Draymond, I, no one's losing sleep there, you know, it's, which is crazy. But there's no evidence that supports that the team is primed for another championship run. Yeah, they have, uh, by my math, the third best record in the West at home. And again, by my math, the third worst record on the road in the Western (laughs) Conference. The only teams worse are the Spurs and the Rockets who are actively trying to lose games. That is remarkable. And, And look, tired legs could be another part here because they played deep into the postseason this past year. They've got guys who are getting up there in age. Mm-hmm. So how big a deal is uh, the rest? Let's call it rest that Steph Curry is getting um, that Andrew Wiggins could come back. If he come, you know, when he comes back full, full tilt with some fresh legs and they're adding Gary Payton, who was a huge part of this team last season, assuming Gary Payton comes back at some point with that yeah. bizarre trade situation and the injury. That's a huge if. Um, I mean, talk about like a contrast in in medical teams, right? Or medical staffs for two different teams where he was literally playing for the Trailblazers, and and now he's out for who knows how long. It's we, the whole thing is crazy. Um, yeah, who knows what they traded for? You're right. If he's, I mean, and that's another thing by the way too, because he was the absolute perfect missing piece this yep. season. Um, it's crazy how one player can impact a team like that, but. 
but yeah, but now he's, it's, it's a huge mystery in terms of when he's going to come back. Um, the Wiggins thing is also concerning because we don't know what the specifics are, but this he's, he's already had kind of a rough year in terms of injuries and illness. Like he had this um, abductor injury uh, or abdominal, I can't remember which one. And then uh, he had COVID and the flu like back to back, but they were spaced out apart just enough to afflict them separately. And um, it, it was just, he's had a miserable year in terms of health. Uh, and then now he's missing games because of a personal reason. And, and it has to do supposedly with his family. That's all we know. Uh, I don't think anyone's really investigating, but I think if he's missing games like this, it's got to be something serious. So I think people are worried about him right now. Um, overall, though, uh, yeah, this team is they're struggling. And, uh, you know, you could say, well, Steph's missing games. It's good. I, I don't know. I don't know if that's true. Um, but look, last year they played, I think, what, 18 or 11 minutes together. I can't remember what the number was. And they came back for the playoffs and won the whole thing. So, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. This whole preseason is wild, though. No one's going to count out a team that is run by Steph Curry. And and that we saw last year, he can he can just take over games. And we saw it this year, right? To, to start the season, he was an MVP yeah. candidate. So no one is going to count out the Warriors until game eight of a ser- of a seven-game series. Stay up to date all year on the Golden State Warriors by following Locked On Sports today and Locked On Warriors on YouTube or wherever you get podcasts. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Coming up, the Milwaukee Bucks have put together a strong run lately, but what does it mean for their chances of overcoming the Boston Celtics in the playoffs? Before we get to that, though, the Titans are saying goodbye to multiple veterans. The midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scorers to threes drained. Tonight, the NBA returns, and right out of the gate, we've got Eastern Conference hopefuls, Western Conference powerhouses. FanDuel likes the Cavaliers at home against the Nuggets by two and a half. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet. Up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. The Tennessee Titans are making room on the cap. You know, the thing that totally exists. They released longtime left tackle Taylor Luan, wide receiver Robert Woods, inside linebacker Zach Cunningham, and kicker Randy Bullock. The Titans had been approximately $23.3 million over the cap before Wednesday's moves. By releasing those four players, the Titans saved almost $38 million against their cap. Luan, a three-time Pro Bowl offensive lineman, and the most prolific of the four to be released, was the longest tenured player on the Titans roster, but... Luan had two ACL surgeries in three years that limited him to playing in just 20 games over the past three seasons. Alabama survived an upset bid on the road at South Carolina on Wednesday night. But what made this particularly noteworthy was who was in the starting lineup for the Crimson Tide. Alabama freshman Brandon Miller started Wednesday night despite Tuscaloosa police testifying a day earlier that the star forward brought a now former teammate the handgun used to kill a woman in January. 
The school announced the decision in a statement about three and a half hours before a 9 p.m. Eastern tip in Columbia. Based on all the information we have received, Brandon Miller is not considered a suspect in this case, only a cooperative witness, the statement said. Based on all of the facts we have gathered, Brandon remains an active member of our team. Miller, for his part, made the game-winning layup and notched a career-high 41 points on the night. In NHL action on Wednesday, the New York Islanders slipped by the Winnipeg Jets. The New York Islanders did the little things right and beat the Winnipeg Jets 2-1. Gil Martin of Locked On Islanders here. Good win for the Islanders, as expected, a defensive struggle when you have two great goalies like Sorokin and Hellebuck going at it. You expect a low-scoring game, but the Islanders' penalty kill was good, and they did all the little things necessary to clear the zone, to, to get the puck out of harm's way, some good goaltending by Sorokin, and just played for about 45 out of 60 minutes, a very smart, conservative, but efficient hockey game, and that was enough to get the win. Timely goals by Sebastian Ajo and Simon Holmstrom earning the Islanders an important two points in the standings. For more, listen to and watch the Locked On Islanders podcast with me, Gil Martin, wherever you get your podcasts. The Calgary Flames and Phoenix Coyotes saw a lot of goals in their game. It is amazing what your fourth line can do when you add some speed to it. Hello everyone and I'm Jess Belmosto here from Lockdown Flames and tonight the Calgary Flames came back after being down 3-1 to and I am almost positive that is the first time that they have had a third period comeback all season. So it was absolutely great to see. They came out strong. Uh, the young guys looked absolutely fantastic tonight and I hope that this means Daryl Sutter will be playing them consistently and really utilizing them so your higher end guys uh, like Huberto and Kadri can kind of you know get a little bit of rest here and there the power play oh my goodness they had three power play goals tonight and I am just shocked that they had had enough offense to keep them afloat tonight it was very surprising performance, especially after uh, their performance against the Philadelphia Flyers. Here is another story you need to know. The Milwaukee Bucks have won 10 straight heading into the All-Star break, tied with the Boston Celtics in the loss column in the Eastern Conference. Now just a half be- game behind first place. Joining me now from Locked on Bucks, Frank Madden and Frank Giannis Antetokounmpo apparently avoided serious injury on that wrist. They're waiting on Bobby Portis. Jay Crowder still has not played a basketball game this season. So with all that said, this is a team that has the pedigree to win a title. We saw them do it a year ago. What do you need to see out of the last 25 games to make you feel confident in them heading into the postseason? Well, first off, Peter, 12 games. Come on. Don't shortchange Mm. him by those extra two wins. Um, Yeah, I mean, I I think – with Giannis getting hurt right before the break, obviously that was the big storyline over All-Star Weekend. Bucks fans closely watching every movement with his right hand. You know, did he give a, an awkward high five? Was he favoring his left hand? <laughs> Whatever it might be. Um, so hearing that, you know, after the second opinion, he wasn't going to need surgery. And it was, you know, unfortunately we don't have a lot of definition as far as his actual timeline. But, you know, worst case scenario of him being out, you know, a couple months, which is the amount of time left for the playoffs, like that was avoided. So, you know, again, is it a week? half a week, two weeks, we don't know. But 
Um, you know, it's probably one of the more substantive Mike Budenholzer press conferences that we've heard today. We heard that Giannis was at least a participant in some activities, whether that was just stuff running around or something. I don't know if he was using his, his right hand, but um, certainly they've got four games through next Wednesday and then a couple days off before they play the Sixers next uh, week from Saturday, which would obviously be a, a pretty big game given the way that he's shaking out. So again, is that you know, a uh, potential earliest return date. Who knows? He's Giannis, he's Wolverine, he heals in different ways than normal humans. Um, but we also heard that Bobby Portis and Jay Crowder, obviously you just mentioned, uh, are expected to play on Friday. And may maybe the thing I was most nervous about, Chris Middleton missed the last game before the All-Star break against the Bulls. And kind of worryingly, some talk about his knee maybe being sore again, that obviously had been something that had bothered him um, after he had initially come back and then missed about a month. So, uh, you know, hey, if, if you've got Chris Middleton, Bobby Portis, and Jay Crowder back for this weekend, and Giannis hopefully not far behind, um, I think that, you know, hopefully is a good sign for, you know, the thing that I want to see most in the last, you know, 25 games or so of the season. That's health, right? Just for teams like this, whether you're the Bucks, Celtics, Philly, whatever it might be. Um, specifically on Jay Crowder, um, this was a move that, that had been the worst kept secret in the league, it felt like, for the month before it was made. What does he bring to Milwaukee? Yeah, I mean, obviously, a lot of the talk has been about uh, him kind of being like the, the P.J. Tucker analog for, for this team, uh, what P.J. Tucker was to this team in, in you know, the spring of 2021. Um, but I, I think for me, you know, really, it's about flexibility, lineup flexibility. I mean, Jay's mainly been a, a stretch for over the past few years. Again, does he have the, you know, the ability to guard down, guard, you know, threes, guard, you know, potentially twos or something like that? I, I don't know that he's going to do that for really extended stretches. That's something that P.J. Tucker did when he was in Milwaukee, just he's a total weirdo in terms of his ability to defend both up and down. Um, so we'll see exactly kind of where Crowder is. And, and that's not even to say like the fact that this guy hasn't played basketball since last year's playoffs. Right. So, um, so I think that's kind of the first question is just like, I mean, is he the same guy that he was? Um, I guess he's 32 years old. He's had certainly some questions about his consistency. You know, is he a guy that you can rely on series in and series out in the playoffs Been a bit of a mixed bag in that regard. But I think just, I mean, we saw it over the past, you know, weeks and months when you had Giannis out for periods. You obviously had Chris Middleton out for extended periods. Uh, the lack of, you know, depth that they had at, at points, uh, kind of at the forward positions, um, you know, it, it left them very thin. And you had guys playing that you're like, wait a minute, you know, why is, you know, A.J. Green playing 15 minutes a night here for the last, like, two weeks? Um, <laughs> you know, uh, just the kind of situations where, where you were kind of tapping guys on the shoulder to play that, that you know, maybe you wouldn't expect to see certainly in the playoffs. So uh, so I think with Crowder, I think the big thing, though, you know, I mentioned it, Brooke Lopez, they've relied on him really heavily. Brooke's been awesome this year. You know, hard to believe he's 34 years old, coming off back surgery last year. Uh, the resurgence that he's had defensively and also his shooting has been uh, at career best levels this year. So he's obviously super important. So I'm sure, you know, instead of having him play 30 minutes a game, can you back him down to 25 minutes per game over the next couple months, maybe get him a little recharge for the playoffs? You know, again, Crowder isn't going to play center, but with you have Crowder and Giannis and Bobby Portis, it gives you a little more flexibility to play small. Stay up to date all year on the Milwaukee Bucks by subscribing to Locked On Sports today and Locked On Bucks on YouTube or wherever you get podcasts. Coming up, pass catchers and pass coverers are coming off the board in the late first round. This isn't the deepest draft. We could end the sentence there. But it's not the deepest draft for pass catchers, but there are a few to watch out for toward the end of the first round. This is also a key spot for cornerbacks to come off the board. 
that position much deeper. Brian Peacock and Matt Williamson point out on Peacock and Williamson, the end of the first is where the pass catchers and the pass coverers are coming off the board. How about Seattle Seahawks' second selection in the first round? I am taking Keon White, which is a second defensive lineman, but he's a lot different than the edge guy. He can play on the edge. He can bump inside. He's like 285 pounds. People think he might run under a 4'6". So, you know, they've had the Michael Bennett types. And nobody should ever be surprised if the Seahawks draft a lot of players that are large and that play on either line. Yeah, right, right, right. And they double down in positions all the time, too. You know, it makes sense. Here's a name that seems to be flying up draft boards, draft boards at wide receiver, just because you mentioned there's no do-it-all wide receivers. It's a it's a class that's going to be uh, sort of a, a pick your pick your flavor at wide receiver. And Jalen Hyatt out of Tennessee might be the fastest of all of them. Yeah, he's the Will Fuller type, and the Chargers are kind of a slow offense. I think you know they need a a burner to open up room in the passing game. Herbert's big arm. I thought this was a pretty good fit. Like that for the Chargers at 21, and then you double up wide receiver here, 22, the Baltimore Ravens going with Quentin Johnson, who might be the most prototype sort of um, size-wise wide receiver that might fit the uh, mentality of the Baltimore Ravens out of TCU here at 22. I mean, their receiver position is really bad right now, and I think he'll stick his nose in as a blocker, which is important to them too, so I think they'd be thrilled to do this. And if he hits, and then Rashad Bateman comes back from injury, who was a you know thought everyone thought was gonna be the breakout guy at wide receiver mm-hmm. last year, and then you got Andrews at, at tight end, suddenly it wouldn't be a bad pass catching group. Not, not too bad, yeah, not too bad. Maybe they even sign a Jarvis Landry or somebody like that, you know. Minnesota Vikings at twenty three. Their corner position was bad, and they're hiring Flores as a defensive coordinator. He wants to play a lot of man, so I gave him Cam Smith out of South Carolina. Yep, love it. I mean. When you see Flores in the Vikings, you just think, okay, corners, because they need to play. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love that pick for uh, for Minnesota at 23. You got the Jacksonville Jaguars picking it. No no more number one overalls for the Jacksonville yeah. Jaguars. Congratulations. This is Darnell Washington tight end out of Georgia at 24. Uh, I have too many tight ends in my first round, but it is an intriguing class. He's like 285, much different than Evan Ingram, but he can help in the run and pass game. I, I didn't see a glaring need for the Jags. And we got to remember Ridley's coming into that mix too. Mm-hmm. New York Giants at pick 25. It's looking like a, a deep corner class here. You've got it Emmanuel is. Forbes out of Mississippi State at 25. Yeah. And my logic here was they could go a lot of directions. They have a lot of needs, but Wink Martindale likes to play with a ton of defensive backs on the field. I mean, he likes to blitz a lot. So I thought another corner would be useful. I love and hate this selection. You've got Jackson Smith and Jigba, wide receiver mm-hmm. from Ohio State, going at 26 to the Dallas Cowboys. And the reason I don't like it is because maybe too much similarity to where CD Lamb operates. Mm-hmm. Um, but why I love it is because he's a great player. The comp, maybe no player, the combine matters more than Jackson Smith and Jigba because he might not run fast, but you, you can't be running four sevens, like getting the four fives and you're good. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't love giving them a slot type, but I thought he was too good to pass up this late. They, they're one weapon short, in my opinion, in the passing game. Yeah, I have no idea. And Jigba could end up a third-round pick, or he could go first receiver. First receiver. Yeah, right, right. Because his tape is great. And reigning years ago of the great. year, yeah, um, right. Garrett Wilson said he was the best receiver there. So that's telling yeah. you something. But, you know, the, the combine might not be fair to how good of a player he is. And, and you know, point. he get the Jarvis Landry treatment. Get all the NFL draft information you need and a lot more. Than you need for sure by following Locked On Sports today, Peacock and Williamson, and Locked On NFL Draft on YouTube or wherever you get podcasts. 
And finally, there will be a new Netflix show coming to your television screens or your phones or your tablets or your computers or wherever you watch Netflix. It's going to feature Patrick Mahomes, Kirk Cousins, and Marcus Mariota in a show called Quarterback. Yeah, one of these things, not like the other. Maybe two of these things, not like the other. I don't know. All three were mic'd up for every game this year. They were filmed on field and off for the new show. We get it on Patrick Mahomes. The other two were available, I guess. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Now go find your favorite team's Locked On podcast and make them your second listen. Coming up tomorrow, what sort of surprises might we see at the end of the first round in our first mock draft? So at least until tomorrow, stay locked on sports today.